Yo, what's going on, you guys? And welcome back to the Push the Tempo podcast. As always, it's your boy, Avery, and I'm with my guy, Kyle. And man, it feels like it's been a minute since we've done one of these. You know, a lot's change in the NBA. It feels like the NBA changes like week-to-week basis. So and the last time we did the pod, tons of stuff happened. So like, well, per- I don't honestly don't know what we're going to be talking about, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about our expectations going into the playoffs and things like that. I mean, again, a lot of things have happened in the NBA since the last time we did our pod. So, yeah, we'll start there. Where do you want to start, man? Do you have a specific topic or you just want to kind of go off it? Um, yeah, I think the first thing I want to kind of touch on real quick uh, before we go into, like, playoff predictions with how short – with how much time's left in the season uh, is the biggest news of, like, yesterday is the Sacramento Kings um, with a 40-point win against the Portland Trailblazers who – Portland, like we talked about it, they, they are just – they're awful – um, the Sacramento Kings snapped a 16-year playoff drought, which was the longest active playoff drought in, in American sports. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it real quick, them, you know, making the playoffs after all these years. Uh, and then I guess we'll move from there. Honestly, they changed a ton of narratives. I mean, they were pretty much known as, like, the L franchise um, to up, leading up to this point. And even going into the season, they were so highly disrespected. I remember I was listening to a podcast um, earlier in the year, um, and it was Bill Simmons, and they were kind of doing over-unders, like total wins. And I believe Sacramento was given 35 and a half as their over-under, somewhere in the 30s, like mid-30s. And I was like looking at it like, yeah, I, I could kind of see that. You know, I didn't want to underrate them myself or overrate them myself. But like, dude, 35 wins is like disrespectful, man. And looking at the team and what they've done so far, this is huge, and they're definitely tittering around like they're the narrative on on their franchise. You know what I mean? Like, they're. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to say they're not an L franchise because you know the past is the past, but they turned it around. You know, not only did they just like make the playoffs, dude, they're like third seed, and they have problem. I I don't know for sure, but are they the first overall like in terms of um offensive rating in, in the history of NBA, or are they like up there? I know for a, I know about I don't know about history of the NBA. I think you might be right there, but I know for a fact they're the best offensive. They have the best offensive rating in the NBA, yeah, NBA right, right now. now, right? Yeah, I think post All Star break they have the best, not only the best offensive rating. I think they have the most wins in the NBA post All Star break, tied with the Bucks, um, and just one less loss. They're fifteen and four. I mean fourteen and five, while the Bucks are fourteen and four. They have the best offensive rating since not just all year, but also post-All-Star break. Um, I just want to run through some quick facts about the Kings. Uh, the last time they made the playoffs, you want to take a guess who the last player to score a playoff point for the Sacramento Kings is? I, oh, I, I promise man. you won't get this. So, I just, I just so 16 years. Dude. I don't even know what the – I don't know who was on the team 16 years ago. The last time they made the playoffs was 2005-2006. I don't know, man. Can you give me who was on the team? <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, I'll just give you the answer. I don't, wait, hold I don't on. think you'll be able to I don't to know get why it. I'm thinking um why am I thinking Eddie House? Was he on the team? No no no. I think I think Eddie House was he a Celtic? I think yeah, he, he was, was a Celtic. I think he was a Dude, I don't know. Dude, who um, am I thinking of, man? So, so let me know. let me just give you the uh, let me just give you the answer. The last guy to score a playoff point for the Sacramento Kings was Vitaly Potopitko. Bro, I, know I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you know who that is. Um, but man, the Kings, 
like like we're saying, bro, they have been just going through it the last, you know, sixteen or so years, particularly in the twenty tens. Like they've, you know, Kings fans have had to deal with the team using high lottery picks on guys like Jimmy Fredette, Willie Cauley Stein. Do you remember when they drafted George's Papianis in the first round, and he played like one year for them, and then and then he just never played in the NBA again. He was a lot. I'm pretty sure he was a lottery pick. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's cool to see that, you know, the Kings are finally breaking the slump. Not only, like you said, people had them. Like, personally, coming into the season, I had them in the playoff mix. I don't know if I, I had them as, like, a playoff team. But they're 16 games above 500. Mike Brown has legitimate coach of the, a legitimate, like, great case for coach of the year. Um, and, you know, I think, I think the talk about them is that they are just, like, a, a great regular season story. I don't know if they're, they're a team that, you know, other teams should be angling to try to play in the first round. I think I think they're going to be a lot better as a playoff team than than most people think. Yeah, so here's the thing. I was talking with AJ from um, the, the other podcast, right? And um, we were kind of going back and forth. He was like, yo, uh, if I was the Warriors or if I was, you know, the Clippers or if I was whatever team, I would try to get to play against the Kings. And I'm like, dude, this Kings team has a historic offense rating. Uh, maybe they're not number one, but they're at least in the top five for sure. And that's fact. And whatever the case may be, they are number one in the NBA. And, you know, we can go over all the numbers, the, the clutch numbers and all that. But I don't think this is a team you want to play. Yes, they lack playoff experience. I know they have Harrison Barnes and, you know, the Curry stopper, you know, Della Dodova. You know what I mean? Uh, that was just a joke. He's trash. But, um, yeah, still, like, yes, they, they may lack playoff experience, but this is not a team that you want to fuck with. You know what I mean? Like, I, I seriously can't see them winning, like, the first round at the very least. And I honestly don't think it's a hot take. I'm, I'm being for real. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't I don't think it's it's out of the realm of possibility that they win a first-round series either. Um, I could see it happening. I mean, as of right now, they're the, they're the third seed, so I think the, the Warriors right now are the sixth seed, right? I think. Yeah, so they'd play them. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, but a lot can change uh, from, you know, particularly from four to, I think, I think four, I think Phoenix is kind of locked into four. They just got Durant back. I don't think they're going to slide much. Um, I think from five to, from five to, to, um, what's it called? To 10 really could make, there could be a lot of differences and a lot of changes. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, I think from there, you know, I, I just wanted to touch on the Kings real quick. I'm really happy for that fan base having to deal with all the misery they've had to take the last couple, the last decade or so. It's really cool that they get to make the playoffs. And I'm excited to see De'Aaron Fox in the playoffs this year. Uh, he's one of my guys. I've been a De'Aaron Fox fan even before the, the draft where he got taken. I think 2017, I was saying that he should have went over Lonzo Ball. And, you know, Lonzo, you know, he's dealt with injuries. But even before his injuries, I thought De'Aaron Fox was a better player than him. So I think from there we can move on. So we were talking about the Warriors. Um, let's just quickly let's just quickly touch on them, real quick. So the Warriors, like, just if you were to take everything away, you would take the name away, and like you were just you were to take everything about them away and just look at their home record versus their road record. You would not think that this is a team that just last year won a championship. Would you agree? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, when you think of like home records versus road records, you want to say that you know a team that's full of veterans are good on the road. 
And that that should be a general statement. You know what I mean? So just looking at it alone, I mean, not only would you say that they're not a championship team, you would probably say, oh, they're probably filled with inexperienced players, which we all know isn't the case. So that that really goes to show, like, maybe they're at a point, like their core players are at a point, like Draymond and Clay, where they're, they're not washed, but they're kind of getting to that old age, like older age where, you know, traveling starts to become a burden. I don't know. I, I, I can't say for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, they definitely don't look like a, um, you know, this is probably one of the biggest championship hangovers ever, if I had to say so myself. So the Warriors are 31 and 8 at home, and they're 9 and 29 on the road. Like, that is, that's insane when you, when you think about it. And I was looking at the stats a couple weeks ago. This might have changed. Um, their offense is fine on the road. Like, offense is not an issue for them. Their defense just collapses. I think at home they're like a, a good to great defensive team. On the road they can't stop anybody. So it's really um, it's really weird to see. Like particularly like you said, like um, they're they're a team that just won the championship. Like you would not think that this would be the case. And you know I know they lost a couple guys. You know obviously Otto Porter Jr. who is injured right now for the Raptors. I think he had season ending surgery a couple months ago. And they traded, they lost Gary Payton, who they traded back for. I think he might play this year. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, you know, they're trying to fit in guys who just, quite frankly, aren't ready. I think Jonathan Kaminga has shown some good stuff this year. But, you know, Moses Moody has been a little bit difficult for him in terms of his second year. A guy like Anthony Lamb. Anthony Lamb just isn't any good. Um, you know, Ty Jerome has been has been solid, but this that's like a two-way guy, you know. So, and Jordan Poole, just his regression. Like some of his turnovers, his defense is just atrocious. Uh, so when you when you think about it, it sort of makes sense. But they still have Steph Curry, who I know Steph has missed time this year. But the Warriors, they actually like play like 500 ball with him out, which is a huge win if you think about it. Um, and having him back and still being like in their position that they are, just like barely over 500, really bad on the road, is not something you would you would think would be indicative of just like their pedigree. You know what I mean? Uh, that's just that's just my opinion. No man, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I in terms of how they're gonna do the playoffs, I really don't know. Just because you can't ever count out Steph, um, and I would even say Draymond's competitive competitiveness, but I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough one. I can definitely see them trying to duck, trying to play Suns in the first round. I could see that. Um, but at the same time, you know, we talked about the Kings a little bit. Uh, dude, the Kings have a crazy, crazy, crazy home court. Like, their oh, yeah. fans are crazy, bro. So, you know, that Warriors road record, which I don't think – I don't know if it will matter so much in the playoffs. But, I mean, going up against that Kings, um, you know, that, that home court, especially with this being the first time in 16 years that they made the playoffs, is going to be crazy, man. I think it bears mentioning, obviously, it's really important that they haven't had Andrew Wiggins for a lot of the season. Uh, he's out because of personal reasons. I know you're very familiar with Andrew Wiggins. Um, uh, I'm familiar with his story. No, chill. That's not. That's not. Yeah, cool. okay, yeah. It's not, it, no, nah, I don't, think that's not cool what you did, bro. Don't don't be bringing up the pot of you. Come on, man. Um, you know he was their best player <laughs> last year, the second best player last year in the finals. Um, so it, it bears mentioning that they haven't had him for a lot of the season. Um, but from there, I think, I think another team that has kind of slid that a lot of people did not expect is Dallas. 
Um, obviously, Dallas made the trade for Kyrie Irving. They they traded away Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I think they traded one first round, a 2029 first round pick. I'm not sure the protections on it, but they are they are now the 11th seed. They they have lost, you know. I think they're three and seven in their last ten games. They just lost two back to back really really bad losses to the Charlotte Hornets. Who, by the way, um, just a quick aside on the Charlotte Hornets. You know they're like a 500 team since the trade deadline. About they they've they've lost like they've lost like 11 games. They've won like 10, which is crazy. They're they're just beating. Yeah, and they're sitting right out like, players too. Like Rogi was missing games. Lamelo obviously got hurt. It's like a, how? You, know, you know what it is? I, I know exactly what it is. It's um it's the trading Mason Plumley effect. They've actually been like a great defense since they traded Mason Plumley because Mason Plumley stinks. Um but, really? uh, but yeah. So I I know it's not the right McDaniels, like the one on the Wolves is like significantly better in my opinion. But I feel like losing McDaniels was like losing a huge core defensive piece too. Yeah, I mean, but like them, them trading Plumley, like, pl- like, look. Was Plumley that bad? Yes, was he's he awful. Bad? He sucks. <laughs> I, I hate watching him. Uh, his, his defense is just horrible, and they, they, they've um, they've went from that to like rotating their center center rotation from like Nick Richards to uh Mark Williams. So like that's just a massive upgrade there. That's why they've been so much better defensively. Um, but we're not talking about the Hornets. We're talking about the Dallas Mavericks. So. Yeah, Dallas, like they, like we just said, they've lost a ton of games recently. They just lost to Philadelphia, I believe, yesterday. Um, do you do you see anything happening for this team this year? Um, I still think that they can make potentially the 10th seed and just, you know, making a small run in the play-in. Uh, I don't know if they'll make it or not. Really, their defense has been lacking, and they don't really have so much outside of Luka. But, um, yeah, I mean, Luka is such a great player. And, you know... <clears throat> Like, when you have a player that's arguably, like, a top seven guy, like, they, you should be in the playoffs. There's no reason that you shouldn't be in the playoffs. Like, I, I was reading a statistic where um, the the Mavericks are, like, extremely good when Luka averages, like, 38, 8, and 8. But then when he averages 30, like, 5 and 5, for example, like, they're, they're not that good. And this is just, like, looking at their net rating. But, like, how, how much does Luka have to do? And – it might not just be, you know, like, oh, the team's relying on Luka. I think it might be the overall philosophy of relying on one guy might just not be it. But, um, yeah, this Mavs team is just – I don't know, man. I, I can say one thing real quick. Um, it might be a little bit of a hot take, but if they if they don't manage to make the playoffs, that huge trade with the Kyrie might go down as one of the biggest L's in terms of trades, not to mention – like the you know missing out on Jalen Brunson for fifty six million, and the Christian Wood trade. Who, um, let's just be honest, he kind of sucks. Um, he's been on like eight teams, and he's been on like seven teams in eight years. Where there's a reason for that, and then obviously the whole Porzingis thing. I'm not gonna go into like the entire Mavericks like history, but they've been making stupid moves after stupid moves. So this one might even like if Kyrie leaves, this this is gonna be horrendous. If they miss the playoffs, they're playing. Kyrie is going to be like an all-time L. So, like the thing with the thing with Dallas, I, I was seeing, I saw some stats earlier today that I think in the how long has Luca been in the NBA? It's like five years now, right? Five or six years. Yeah. In in that time, they've only had one season where they were a top fifteen defense, so above average defensively. That was last year. I think they were the seventh ranked defense in the NBA. 
Outside of that, they've been atrocious defensively every single year. This year is the same exact thing. I believe um, – let me just let me just look it up real quick. I, but I've, I'm almost fairly certain that they're once again like a bot – like the 23rd-ranked defense or something. Their, their defense is, is awful. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – like you just look at their roster. Like I, I understand why they made the move. Yeah, they're the 23rd-ranked defense. I understand why they made the move. Like they weren't winning anything with the – current roster that they had they had to get a second high level shot creator after they fumbled with Jalen Brunson in the offseason and he left for nothing um, but the rest of their roster is just like thoroughly unimpressive you know like Reggie Bullock has taken a severe step back as a player Tim Hardaway Jr like his contract is also really bad as well like he makes a ton of money he sucks um, a guy like like Maxi Kleber like I think Maxi Kleber is a solid role player but he's also dealt with injuries. He hasn't looked like himself. He's missed a lot of time this year. Like JaVale McGee, they gave him a three-year fully guaranteed MLE. And they promised him a starting job in the last, like, two weeks. And he's been, like, almost unplayable majority of the season. Like, it's um, it's a really, like, it's a really, really shallow roster with, like, guys who you don't know if you can consistently rely on to begin with. Like, who that have do to they, play. Do they like, still they, have Bertans? They do have Bertans. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's like it's like you have a you have a ton you have these guys that you have to play, and you don't know if you can consistently rely on them to be good. So they're in a there's they're in a little bit of a tricky situation. I I I thought that they'd be like a a play in lock for sure at the very least, but right now it it doesn't necessarily look like that's in the cards for them, but. For at least for them, they have a their pick is top ten protected, or it goes to the Knicks, or like or if it, if it falls inside the top ten, they get to keep it. So they're not they're obviously not going to tank. I doubt they will. Um, but it's just something to keep in mind that if they keep that pick, they can have like some flexibility either trade it to upgrade the roster, or you know do whatever with it in the off season. Yeah, we'll see uh, what their what their history of their recent moves will. I don't know, man. A little. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, <clears throat> it kind of feels like, personally, man, getting okay. Let me just put it this way: one year of Luca is not worth that ten, like that top ten pick. And that's just my personal opinion. Like, you wasted a whole year of Luca. And I know Luca's not in his prime yet, but when you have a guy like Luca, you should at least be in the playoffs. So, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, do you want to hop on to the next team? What team you got in mind? Yeah, um, I think I think the Knicks bear some discussion. Um, they are the fifth seed. They're eleven games above five hundred. I think, like just talking about Jalen Brunson, I think he has been really really great this year. Like, he had a legitimate case to be an All Star um, this season. He didn't make it obviously, um, and now Julius Randle's injured. Hopefully, he gets back for the playoffs. But they're a team that I think a lot of people kind of wrote off the off season as a team that they didn't expect them to do much. I did. I know I did. Um, but they're a lot better than a lot of people thought they would be. So I just wanted to, to get your opinion on them. Well, they basically dogged the Celtics not too long ago. So I kind of want to forget about that. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, they have a very, like, considering some of the players they drafted over the few last few years, they actually have a really good roster. I mean, I know Randall just got hurt. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this or not. Just the report came out like maybe like ten minutes before we hopped on the pod. Uh, he's he's gonna be out and reevaluated for two weeks, so we'll we'll have to see how 
you know, the, the playoffs go with that and everything. But, I mean, overall, I think this is a team that would actually strive under under uh, the coach that they have. Like, Tom, like, honestly, man, they're very defensive. Like, the, the players have good defensive instincts. Like, I really like Quentin Grimes, believe it or not. I mean, he could shoot the ball. But really, man, it, it really has to do with Josh Hart. Ever since he got there, he's been, you know, he's been in him. You know what I mean? Like, he's been really good. So, overall, the team's constructed pretty well. And, obviously, we would even talk about um, Emmanuel quickly, who is somehow the the favorite to win six man of the year over Rondon. But and that might just be me being a little bit biased here. But I don't know, man. This team is really good. Randall can be, honestly, in my opinion, hit or miss at times. But... Yeah, I mean they got a solid player, Jalen Brunson, who can get he he's he's sneaky, like low key sneaky, like flopping. Like he'll run at you and he'll get the contact and get the free throws. He's good at that. I don't know if they're always all fouls, but he he's good at that. And obviously he's good at a lot of other things. So I think this team has a lot of potential. Unfortunately, you know, I think they'll probably be matched up with the Cavs, which might actually be a good series for all we know. But um, yeah, I don't think that they're gonna get too far in the playoffs, but we'll have to see. Definitely a good start for them compared to last year and the year before. So I think I think the Knicks are a really good example of of like a coach finally relenting and playing their young guys. Like a lot of times in the NBA, man, like like the Clippers are going through the same thing. This isn't about the Clippers, um, but they they finally turn to the young guys on their team that can help, but just aren't given a consistent chance over older like wash veterans. Like the Knicks moved away from Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier in favor of a guy like Emmanuel Quickly and Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes. The Knicks are like one of the best offenses in the NBA all year. And I think they have their top ten team in net rating as well. So they've been they've been good for basically like majority of the season. They've been really, really good. Um like the, like like you said, Emmanuel quickly has a legitimate case. After a rough start, he has a legitimate case for six man of the year. I think he'll probably win it. Um, you know, Norman Powell missed a lot of time. He he was in the running. Um, Malcolm Brogdon as well was in the running. I don't know how good Russ's case was, but he started for the Clippers basically, like since he got here. So I doubt he'll even qualify for it. I like like Quentin Grimes is really good. I really like Josh Hart. I know there's like the thing that he doesn't shoot enough threes. But I think the little things he does, he's a great. He's probably the best rebounder for his position in the NBA. Um, he's really good at those like those like hit ahead passes where he catches the ball. He either takes it coast to coast or he pushes the ball up in transition. Um, he's really good at all the little little stuff. I think Mitchell Robinson has taken a jump as a defender. His offensive game still leaves a little bit to be desired, in my opinion. Isaiah Hardenstein is just like rock solid for them. He's really good. Um, I think Randall is looking a lot more like. 2021 Julius Randle than he did last year and I think Jalen Brunson being able to let to create not just for himself but also for Randle so Randle doesn't have to do a ton more ISO like he did last year I think that has gone a long way um, for the Knicks I, I don't I still don't know what to think about RJ Barrett I think he's I think he's kind of hit or miss in my opinion but but overall man I'm impressed with the Knicks I think them being this good like they are, they're an attractive team to play for. Playing in in MSG, playing for the New York Knicks, like they are an attractive team. So I wouldn't be shocked if, like, in a year or two, I don't know what their salary cap situation is, 
but they have a lot of picks. They have a lot of young, intriguing players like we just talked about. Quickly, Grimes, um, Deuce McBride. They have a ton of picks. Like they could, they could be in the running for like the next disgruntled guy who asks out. You know. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, just kind of going back to it, um, I just wanted to verify that. Yeah, quickly is the favorite to win the six million a year now. He's a minus four fifty. Um, and for those of you guys that aren't like heavy betters, um, like myself, like I don't really know so much about it. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> minus four fifty is huge. Like that's pretty significant. That's like that would be like a regular season matchup with a healthy Bucks team versus um like a magic team. Or no, not even a magic, it would be like the Pistons or something like that. Just for reference. All right. So anyways, yeah, you want to move on to the next? Or you still want to talk a little Knicks? No, I think I think that that about covers it for the Knicks. Um, is there any yeah. team that you want to talk about in particular? Ah, uh, yeah, man, this is kind of a low key one, bro. But I'm I'm really feeling the Grizzlies, man. Like, this is the team. I don't I don't I texted you about this, man. But you know, this is the team that everyone loved years ago, even last year, and then it started piling up all this stuff that they did. You know, the shit talking against the Warriors. You know, obviously Dylan Brooks' antics, the whole John Morant thing. I'm not going to keep listing all the stupid shit, you know, as Channing Sharps uh, and all that. But, yeah, man, this is a team people forgot. I mean, they're second seed. They've been closing up the season pretty well. In the last three games, they're 8-2. and two. I think this is kind of the way you want to set, like, the way you want to end, um, you know, your season going into the playoffs. And obviously, like, yeah, regular season doesn't matter so much, but they have they have playoff experience. So yes, they haven't gone super deep, but at the same time, I feel like this is my personal opinion. I think they have playoff guys. Like you want to have a Jared Jackson Jr., um, somebody that can defend and somebody that can actually shoot the ball. He can stretch the floor a little bit. But then also you got some guys like Dylan Brooks that have the fuck you mentality. Like they'll stand up to anyone, they'll stand up to Draymond Green, they'll stand up to star players. Say they get matched up with like a KD, I can or uh, Sons, I can see him talking shit to KD. I can see him talking shit to Booker. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't care how he looks. So I really respect that, and I think that that actually has an impact on the playoffs. Obviously, they have their phenomenal guy in John Morant, who I don't know if he's a top ten player yet. Um, he might be like a 10, 11, 12 maybe. Um, but at the same time, he he's very gifted athletically, and I think he can create some of the craziest opportunities around the rim. And I think that that will help at least in the playoffs. And I think, honestly, man, there's a world where the Memphis Grizzlies could possibly make it out the West. I'm not saying that they will. I don't think that they will. But if I were to bet on it and they had a very high odds, like if they were like plus 500 or something like that, or no, uh, if they were like a plus 1,000, I would bet on that for sure. Because I could see them going toe-to-toe with any one of these teams. Not saying that they will, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, and plus, they got shooters. Like, I, I didn't even mention that. I mean, Kennard was huge. He's been great the last few games. So, yeah, man. All right. Uh, how do you feel about this team? You know, I like the Grizzlies. Um, like, as a team in general, it's been really fun to watch. Uh, I, I like Jaron Jackson Jr. a lot. I've kind of been up and down on him throughout his career just because, like, you know, the foul trouble issues, the injury issues. But he's a really good player. He might win Defensive Player of the Year. He's on a really team-friendly contract. Um, people talk about like the Nuggets home court advantage, which is real. The Grizzlies actually have a better home court record, you know, in 
the end like in the Western Conference, they have they're thirty three and six. The Nuggets are thirty two and six. Um, both better than the Warriors, which is which is crazy. Um, yeah, man, like I, I like the Grizzlies a lot. I think Luke Kennard is going to do a lot to help their half court offense. He's played really well like the last ten or so games. He's averaging like fifteen points. Um, they needed more shooting, and he provides that at a really high level. I do have my concerns just about them in general in the playoffs. Um, I like Ja a lot. I think he's great as a rim pressure guard. I worry a little bit about his in-between game. That's not like a floater. Um, you know, he hasn't really shown the ability to hit mid-range shots consistently. I worry about that. Um, but they're they're a very deep team. They have just a ton of good players. It feels like just they just randomly generate just solid rotation players. Like Santi Aldama and John Conchar, like, most people don't know who these guys are, but they're just they're solid players, right? They're just rock solid. They know they just don't make a ton of mistakes. They're just they're just good at what they do. Um, so, so I th- I like them. I don't know if I'd pick them to make like the Western Conference is so I think it's kind of weak this year. Um, I don't think the champion is going to come out of the West. I think the Eastern Conference is probably going to be where the champion is this year. Um, but no, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if they come out of the Western Conference. Um, but I do have my concerns about them. And by the way, I like I like Dylan Brooks as a player. Like I I'm all I'm all for the, the shit talking and the, you know all that. I don't have any issue with that. His some of his shot selection, like he's a legitimately great defender. Um, you know, uh, but some of the shot selection uh, is not is not great. I think that can come back to bite them in the ass in the playoffs, like it did last year. I think he had a game where he shot like six of twenty three or something, and the the Warriors won by like four points. Um. But he's a legitimately great defender. So I think I think that's I like the Grizzlies a lot. I, I think they need a little bit more to be like like just like a a tier one team, but they're they're pretty close in my opinion right now. Yeah, I'm with you, man. hundred percent. I just feel like it it really comes down to if Jaw can be great in the playoffs and kind of eliminate his weaknesses. I think that then they can make it out. But other than that, um, I don't know. But again, the, the West is weak, and I definitely agree with you. I think that whoever comes out of the East is probably going to win the championship. I would say it's probably like an 80 to 20 odds, 80 to 20% that the winner will come from the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um, right now, they'd be playing. It depends on who wins the first game of the play-in tournament. You want, do you want to talk about the play-in race real quick? Um, and I think we can we can probably end on that. Sure. Um, in the in the Eastern Conference, Miami is the seventh seed. They're one and a half games back of the Brooklyn Nets for six. And credit to the Nets for for staying in the playoffs like uh, until this point. Like after they traded Durant, I know Mikael Bridges has taken like a huge huge scoring burst uh, for the for the Nets. Um, but credit to them for staying basically just. In the, not falling into the play-in yet. I don't know if they will. I think I think they can probably hold on to a playoff slot, hold on to that six seed. Um, but it's cool to see. I'm happy. I'm happy that the Nets are staying in there. So in the in the Eastern Conference, Miami seven, uh, Atlanta and Toronto are both tied for um, tied in the win-loss column, 38-38. Both teams are 500, but the Hawks are ahead, and Chicago is at 10. Do you have faith in any of those teams making, you know, any any lasting imprint on the playoff picture if they make it? So, up until probably last week, I was still afraid of the Miami Heat 
just because of last year and what they gave the Celtics in 2020 um, in the bubble year. But, man, after watching, like, the last five games, and I know it might be recency bias, but, dude, they're, they they stink, man. They they have no offense in the half court, like, literally nothing. They can barely shoot the ball, you know what I mean? Like, as much as I love Jimmy Butler, I would say he's probably my second or third favorite player. But I'm sorry, man. This team just isn't it. They they can't do anything. Like, they literally can't score. It's like watching their their sets is, like, it's tough, man. You have a team that literally was one shot away from making the finals. You have a team that did make the finals a couple of years ago, you know, minus and plus some players. And Victor Oladipo, who they kind of invested in a little bit, he doesn't even play. He's not in the rotation at all. And Kyle Lowry is basically washed. Like, he's not good anymore. Like He's, he's still fat. Like, all right, sorry, that, that was kind of out of pocket, but <laughs> I had to do it. But, yeah, man, he's out of shape. He's been out of shape for a couple of years now, man. And – I don't know, man. Tyler Hero's extension, that is not looking good at all. Um, you would think that he would make that leap, but him and kind of got I'm gonna just throw some shots at Jordan Poole. I think those two extensions look terrible now. Um they both haven't really made that leap that we thought they were gonna make. So yeah, man, I don't honestly don't think any of these teams will make a lasting imprint in the playoffs. I mean, we might get some good playing matches, but whoever they are, I don't think that if the Heat, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago. They play the one or two seeds. I don't think that they're going to win. Maybe one or two games max, um, which would probably come against my team, the Celtics, unfortunately. But, yeah, I don't think that they're, they're advancing the next playoff, the playoff run. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with you. Uh, Miami has been, like, a lot worse than I, – I don't know if I had them in the playoffs. I, I feel like I've, every single year I say, this is the year Miami falls out. Like, this is the year that they – regress and they were the first seed last year like i think at the end of the day like having this many guys who are second round guys and you know undrafted guys like it's cool it's a cool story but you need like just high pedigree guys you need guys who are first round picks and they just don't have a ton of those guys you know what i mean like max Struess, gabe vincent i don't think was Duncan robinson undrafted i'm not sure but they just he have was, a ton of guys. Adopted, but yeah, yeah, they, they play anymore. Yeah, they have a ton of guys who are just not. Um, what's it called? Just not. What's the word? Uh, just not like high high pedigree guys. You know, like obviously Jimmy Butler's still great. Bam Adebayo is taking a leap this year, but a lot of the guys in their team are just not. You know, and, and there's regression that comes with a lot of them. Like Max Struess is not nearly as good as he was last year. I think I think Tyler Hero has been pretty good for them, but they they still just severely lack three point shooting, and they added Kevin Love. Kevin Love's a good player, but he's also pretty old now. You know, like there's not they, he can only make so much of a difference. You know, they're they have the the 25th ranked offense in the NBA, which is I I think the the final four in the NBA offense wise. I think the final four in the NBA. Should, there should be a cutoff point. 26th, in my opinion, this at this point should be the worst because 27, 28, 29, 30, for almost every single statistical category you look at it, it's Houston, Detroit, San Antonio, and Charlotte. I don't think those teams should be like just countered anymore, personally. Um, they're in the brick for Vic territory. I don't think they should be talked about as like as like teams when you're ranking stuff. I kind of like that, bro. Brick for Vic. Yeah. Yeah, they are – 
the Heat are just not good. They're 27th ranked in three-point percentage. If I looked at it right now, I guarantee they're towards the bottom of the NBA in three-point attempts. As you know, they're 10th in attempts. They are, I'm fairly certain, they're bottom of the league in makes. They're 18th in makes. So there's not a, a team with a lot of shooting. They're not a team with a lot of, like, just just in general, just high talented players. You know, they, they have a bunch of guys who are just solid. Um, I'm sorry, I, I think I went on a bit. Yeah, so Tor- Toronto's still a team that I struggle to, like, gain a, a grasp on, I guess. Um, they've won three in a row. They're, you know, they're stuck at ninth. They're right behind Atlanta. Um, they made the trade for Pirtle at the deadline. I think he's been good for them. But they're just team. There's still a team I think just lacks, you know, that perimeter shot creation. I think Fred Van Vliet's their best perimeter shot creator. I don't know if that's good enough. I think Scotty Barnes, after a rough start, is having a pretty solid, you know, season. Uh, I think he's been playing really well. He's a really good passer, which I think goes underrated. I don't know if he'll ever be like a, a perimeter shot creator. But I think he could be a really good player. Uh, the, the Raptors, like we've talked about it previously, that they're just kind of stuck in these two timeline things. Um, that they'll have a really interesting offseason, in my opinion. Uh, the Hawks, they're, they've been like kind of mid the entire season. They've been around 500 all year. They obviously fired Nate McMillan and they hired Quinn Snyder. Um, I think Trey Young is having an underrated season as well. I think a lot of people don't like Trey Young, but I think he's really good. I think he's having an underrated year. Um, but yeah, the Hawks are kind of a team that's devoid of shooting. Like they and they traded Kevin Huerter for for I think a first round pick. I wanted to hear your your um your opinion on the Bogdanovich extension. They gave him like a four year extension. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um. So. Honestly, man, at this point with the Hawks, I think they just fucked up, bro. Because you know you were telling me this like earlier earlier in the offseason when you know they made the DeJounte Murray trade right and at the time it was like all right you paid this certain price to get a guy like DeJounte Murray you don't know how he's going to pan out you don't know how the rest of the east is going to be and let, let you know let time go and see what happens but unfortunately it didn't work out for them they paid it a huge price to get somebody like DeJounte Murray who isn't I don't want to say he's a bad player, but he's not at the level of like he's not a, a second, he's not a number two that you want if you want to compete with the East, the teams like the Bucks, the Celtics, the Sixers, the, even the Cavs. So that was a huge L. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we can say Trey Young is gonna be Trey Young, you know, he's gonna be like one of those great players, but I don't know, man. The team that's built around him really isn't all that solid. You know, they they do have a lack of shooting, which I guess you could say Bogdanovich kind of fills that role. But I also don't think that he's that good. Plus, he's really old. Like, believe it or not, he's pretty old. I forget how old he is, man. But he is a lot older than I thought he was. He's born ninety-two. So if you're born in ninety-two, quick math, he's thirty-one. He's turning thirty-one. Bogdanovich, he's, yeah, he's old. Bogdanovich is older. Like I, I think he has like a four-year saying, extension. Like. Uh, that's why I was like, dude, what are you giving this guy this huge ass contract for? Okay, like, yeah, no, I don't like that, man. <laughs> yeah, I was not a I, fan I, of it. What was the numbers? Um, I think it was. It had to be like, uh, let me let me just double check, but I know it's it's like a it's a crazy amount. Uh, Bogdanovich. Goddamn, which one is it? Oh, goddamn, I guessed the wrong one. One second. It's all good, but I guess my point is, they're just making moves that really won't affect the outcome of this team like they're basically making wizard type moves where they're just basically going to be mid 
I don't know what their plan is. They got rid of Sadiq Bey, who actually I really like. But you know, I know he wasn't, like, exactly the type of player that they needed. DeAndre Hunter, like, he had a lot of expectations, but he really isn't living up to that expectation, per se. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know, man. The Hawks are, they in my opinion, They gave him a four-year, $68 million contract extension. Yeah, that's that's... But That's I, not a good I'm, thing. I'm sure. I'm sure there are some. Let me just let me just take a look. Okay, so this the contract is guaranteed. The last year of his contract is a team option, so that's good. But man, that's a lot of money, man, for a guy who's had a ton of injuries, who's on like basically 30 years old now. I don't know. I think that that contract can have potential to age pretty poorly. Um, yeah. So if if it's cool, then we can move. Let's talk quickly. Touch on the Chicago Bulls. I think the Bulls are actually just like a really weird team this year in general. Um, like you would think that a team that, you know, plays Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic as like their main three guys, they lose Lonzo Ball. You would think that they would not be a team that's that good defensively, would probably be like an offensive heavy team. It's been the opposite. They're the sixth best defense in the NBA this year. They are the sixth rank in the defensive rating. The difference is, their offense has really fallen off a cliff this year. They're 24th in offense. Um, Post-All-Star break, I know they've been – like, they've been pretty good, like, as, like, a post-All-Star break team. They they are 10-7, and seven, so not, not, like, great, but they've been better than they have been overall this season. They've been – they've been a top – to a top eight defense, and their offense has actually been, like, better, which is, I think, one of the reasons why they're winning more. I think Patrick Beverly's done a lot for them. You know, I don't, I don't really see – I think the Bulls were making some good – had some good momentum, but losing back-to-back games to the Clippers and the Lakers uh, really hurt them because now they're two games behind Toronto and Atlanta. So I think they're kind of stuck at, at 10, unfortunately, for them. Um, yeah, they're a very interesting team in the offseason. I think DeRozan is going to be an expiring contract. He's going to want an extension. Uh, they gave Levine money. Levine has actually been really good uh, after, like, a slow start. And Vooch is going to be a uh, restricted free uh, – I think an unrestricted free agent. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do in the offseason. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I was just looking at some of the numbers. They're 30th in three-point percentage. <laughs> Dude, that's – or sorry, 30th in three-pointers made. Like, yeah, I mean, dude, that's that's tough, man. You can't – you legitimately can't in this day and age shoot very little threes and make that many little threes and kind of – expect to survive you know what i mean but yeah, I yeah. Mean, there's there's really not much else to be said i mean this team is like a team of like like i don't know man i saw the other day i saw derozan hit like back-to-back threes and i was like what the hell but um outside of that man like they don't shoot threes and i think that really just hurts them but yeah man uh, i think we should move on to the western conference uh, i honestly think that this is way more entertaining yeah for sure so so like i said earlier five through 10 basically is I don't want to say interchangeable because of how many games there are left, but like there could be like some, some major, you know, swapping around of stuff. So Minnesota right now is seven. Uh, wait, let me just stop you. Honestly, I think you could even say five through 12, man. Nah, nah. I think, I think the jazz are out of it. And I think Dallas might be too. I think Dallas would have to like Ooh, win out, which okay. I think is, it's difficult for them at this stage. Okay. Um, so Minnesota is seven. We were talking about it. I had that, that crazy hot take I told you about yesterday. Um, Bro, you, you got to let everyone hear this, man. This one's crazy. All right, I got you. So I think 
if Minnesota stays seven, this is dependent on them staying seven. They could make a conference finals appearance this year, and I would not be shocked. That's my that's my hot take. I will I'll elaborate on it in a second, but let me just quickly list out these teams. So Minnesota is seven. The Lakers are eight at third at um five hundred thirty eight thirty eight. They're half a game behind Minnesota. They're tied with New Orleans, but they're above New Orleans because they have the tiebreaker. And then Oklahoma City is ten. Um, so let me quickly elaborate on that Minnesota point. I think they've been playing a lot better. You know, they just they just got Carl Anthony Towns back, so they're gonna have to integrate him back in. But I think he's kind of a seamless fit on offense because he's so good of a shooter, uh, and he can do a lot with the ball in his hands. Defensively, it's gonna be interesting to see because I think they've been a lot better defensively with him out because it allows Gobert to, it allows them to play Kyle Anderson, who's been really good for them, and it allows Gobert to kind of just go back to doing his thing in the paint. Um, Jay, Jay, is it Jay Lynn? I always forget what it's Jay Din McDaniels, right? The one in, the one in yeah, Minnesota. Yep, yep, yep. Dude, he is, he's a monster. So man. good. Just man. like defensively. He's, he like, he, he puts guys in federal like every single time they play. Like he locked up Kawhi earlier this year. He gave Durant a lot of trouble yesterday. I know the Suns won, but like Jalen McDaniels isn't Jay Din. I was, I always forget. But Jaden McDaniels. Have you, have you heard his nickname? Uh, no. Bro, the seatbelt. That's tough, bro. That's tough, okay. He has, like, it's it's crazy watching him because, like, I think early early this year when he played the Clippers, um, I think they beat the Clippers, there was a play. He has, like, go-go gadget arms where he got For this real? deflection where it didn't even look real. Like, he just reached out way farther than I thought he could. And I think the ball went out of bounds, so it ended up being Clippers ball. I was like, that didn't look like it was possible. So he's really good. Uh, he's a really interesting player. Um, if they stay seven, they play Memphis first round. I know we were talking about Memphis earlier, but they could have very easily beat Memphis last year. Um, that series could have went either way. And then second round, they play Sacramento. Like, I know we were saying that Sacramento, I think they can win a playoff series this year. Um, I think Minnesota, I think I would probably favor them over Minnesota, but I wouldn't be shocked if Minnesota beat them. And at that point, they're in the conference finals, right? So... I, I personally wouldn't be shocked to see it happen if they made a conference finals this year. I think they're I think they're a lot better than their record, personally, in my opinion. Yeah, me too, man. I think what it really comes down to, and I told you this already, um, obviously, man, it comes to their lack of playing time together. Obviously, Kaz is coming back from injury. Um, he hasn't really played so much with Rudy and, and, and Edwards anyways. And then, obviously, they made that trade where they got rid of D'Lo and then got Mike Conley, so... Very little time playing together between those two. Yeah, Mike Conley and Rudy have been playing together a lot. And yeah, I mean, they kind of have one season of Ant and Rudy, but like that whole dynamic with that starting five, I, it just isn't, hasn't been seamless. But that's one thing. And the second thing, in my opinion, is Cat's IQ. Last year, he really fucked them up. Uh, he made the stupidest decisions ever. Got into foul trouble, was making dumb boneheaded plays on transition like he just looked like an idiot and really i feel like that really costed the the timberwolves um an opportunity to get to the next round but uh yeah nonetheless i i can kind of see your argument or you know your theory of them possibly making the conference finals that would be great i really do like this minnesota team i loved it last year but yeah i mean no patrick beverly that kind of hurts me you know as you guys know it's one of my favorite players but uh yeah i mean I, I could see that happening. But, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I really wanted to say on Minnesota. Yeah. No, um, I think I think they're really good. Um, I, I have more faith in them 
like their front line, like I think this is the last point I'll make in Minnesota. Sorry for going on a bit long, but Jaden McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. That's like your front three. That's that's a giant team, right? Um, so yeah, I think from there we can move on to the Lakers. The Lakers have been playing a lot better since the trade deadline. They were obviously able to turn Russ into three competent rotation players. I know Malik Beasley has kind of struggled for them, um, but a guy with his body of work as a shooter, I think he'll I think he'll be fine. You know, obviously Austin Reeves has played really well for them as of late. Jared Vanderbilt has not transformed their defense, but he's been like a really integral part. They've been one of the better defensive teams um, post All Star break. Let me just pull up the numbers real quick. They've been the fourth ranked defense since since the All Star break. Um, so they've been really good. Uh, I I don't know where they'll fall. Like I don't know who I'd pick between them and Minnesota. I kind of want to lean them just because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, but they're they're a team that I think they could make some noise in the first round as well. Uh, if they if they make it, I don't have a ton of faith in the Pelicans. I'll just go through these teams real quick, and then you can you can do do the same. Um, just because they don't have Zion Williamson, I think they probably lose in the first play-in game if they don't get him back. And you know if is there any indication that he's coming back? I don't think so. I think I think every single time so they tough. give an update, he's like reevaluated in further weeks. Um, I think Trey Murphy has taken a huge leap for them. He was a guy I really liked in the draft. Um, I was hoping that he would fall to the Clippers, but he went 17. He's he's really good. I really like him a lot. Um, Oklahoma City, I think they're a sneaky team that nobody should want to play in a play one-game playoff series. Yo, like, 100%, man. Like, I agree with you 100%. Like, they are – they basically since the All-Star break – by the way, actually, let me pull up. I know for a fact, for majority of the season, they've been one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. Let me just pull these numbers up real quick. Dude, so, and offensive, bro. They're insane. Oh, you have the numbers? Yeah, so so defensively, they've they're ranked 10th in the NBA this year. Offensively, they are not as good. They're 17th, but they have one of the best drivers in the NBA in the NBA, uh in Shigeru Alexander. He's incredible. They have, you know, Jalen Williams. Isaiah Joe is a lights out three-point shooter. The only issue that they run into is they don't have like legitimate center depth. Like they're playing like Jalen Williams, the one J A Y L I N. Um, they're playing that guy who's a rookie. Um, mm-hmm. I know he takes a lot of charges. That's cool, I guess. But like, they just don't have a ton of, a ton of, you know, depth at the center position. But they, they're a really interesting team. And if they, you know, take this free agency, free agency seriously, this might be another hot take. Then they sign like, you know, some good veterans who fit around their guys. I don't. I would not be shocked if they have like a Memphis level, Memphis level up, uh, leap next year, where they're like a three seed. Like everybody looks up. They're really good next year. I don't, really I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Dude, especially with Chet coming back. I mean, I don't yeah. know how good he's going to be, but hey, man. Like, I, think, I, think Chet, I think Chet can impact the game right away defensively. Like, his defensive instincts, one of the reasons he went second. Obviously, there's there's concerns about, you know, his positioning and if he'll play. I think he'll play power forward to start. But his defensive instincts are just next level. Like, the only defender who was any better than him that year in college was Walker Kessler, who had an argument to be better than him. And Walker Kessler was like a three-year college so player. Good, bro. So Walker Kessler is so good. Yeah, he is. So, so yeah, I think I think that's what I have to say. I, I just wanted to – sorry I went on a bit long. I want to throw it over to you on your opinions on the playing teams. Okay, so I'll just quickly go through all of them because this pod is getting a little bit long. So we talked about Minnesota. Um, the Lakers, I made a bet with AJ. He thought that they could make the finals, and I said, no way, bro. So that's an easy $100 for me. 
because they are not making the finals. I don't even think that they're going to get past the first round, and that I'm fairly certain that they won't. They might make some noise in the plane, um, obviously, because they have LeBron and AD. I don't think that LeBron is completely right. AD is starting to take a wear and tear. Um, he's been banged up the last few games. Obviously, his finger got hit. Um, Kobe White just went for his knee the other day, which that was that was pretty wild. But, yeah, I mean, his reaction to that kind of indicated that he was kind of hurting. His face gets all red when he, you know, at the end of the games. Like, it always looks like AD is going to break down, um, although he has been a beast. I don't know if I can really trust the rest of their players. Um, D'Lo is a guy that, I don't know, man, he could be He's really He's had a, a spotty playoff record for sure, right. to say the right. least. Exactly, man. So, I don't know, man. And and to top that off, man, I'll be honest, LeBron doesn't play any defense at all anymore. Um, we all know that he, at times, at nights, he can still look like a top five player. But I don't think that he is anywhere near that level anymore. Um, unfortunately, you know, it comes with age. It's, it's natural. That doesn't mean he's not one of the best players of all time. It's just where he is nowadays. So, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. They, I do think that they could win and play it. You know, you know, I think they they could win and kind of get into the playoffs. But yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that, man. We really just have to see. Pelicans, very unfortunate. You know, with the Zion injury at this point, man. Zion, I don't want to say I can't say he's a bust because he's a freaking beast, but he just he missed so healthy. many games. Yeah, it's just weren't they? Weren't they? Sorry, I cut you off. Weren't they like a the bet like the number one seed before he got hurt at one yep. point? Yep. Yeah, it's just it's Dude, unfortunate. They were on like a like twelve game losing streak because yeah, yeah, and now Ingram looks like a beast. I mean, they're starting to look good again, and this is without Zion, so it's just very unfortunate. Like, yeah, man, I I don't know, man. These at this point, this these are just teams that won't win playoff games even if they make it. <clears throat> and then obviously you got OKC. I love OKC, man. They have so many guys like Giddy. He's so underrated. Like he does. He's not fancy, but he does everything. Like, he plays so normally, like, casually, but, like, he can make Giddy, the right plays. Giddy is also an underrated, like, driver as well. Right. Like, he's right. not he's not the most athletic player. Right. He doesn't have, like, the – He's got a nice the, floater. The best the first low. step. Yeah, but he's really good at getting mm-hmm. into the paint, which, I, th- in my opinion, that's the most important thing a, a lead offensive guard can have. I don't know. He's not the lead offensive guard in Oklahoma City, obviously. I think that's – Shaquille Alexander, but it's a really important trait that I think any great offensive guard needs. To my, to me, a, in my opinion, it's the most important. He's also a great rebounder, and at yeah. the same time, he's dude. Like his assist, like I'm looking at his assist numbers are insane. Like obviously, yeah, like he doesn't make like the flashiest assists. Like he make, he makes the right plays. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, we can go on about their team, like Ludort, you know, defensive menace. I, what did they call? Him? What did they say when um he guarded? Oh, you know what they said about guarding Kawhi? They they said they put him in the torture chamber. Yeah, I think, know, like I, think, um, chamber. I think I think I think Lou is a good defender. I, I don't think he's a very good offensive player. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, he's a he's a good defender. Um yeah. yeah um I think I think that about covers it. If you have yeah. anything else to say. Um, no, not really, man. I was gonna say the same thing that you said with OKC. Like I could see them being a team that you don't want to play in the playoffs, but yeah, I'm with you. Other than that, I really, I don't really got much to say. So, you know, yeah, you want to call it for this pod? Yeah, I think that that's about it. Like the Western Conference is still like, there's just so much shuffling that could happen from five to ten. Still, um, yeah, uh, Clippers are starting to play better. Russell Westbrook. Uh, 
I know we talked about it. He uh, he outplayed Job ja Morant yesterday. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Thirty six and ten. The Clippers benched Marcus Morris, sent him home. Uh, <laughs> this shit means something to me, man. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say about that. That's actually sad that you know Kyle has to put away his his feelings about Westbrook and you know actually be happy that Westbrook is playing over Morris. This is hey, this is like crazy said, times, man. Like I always say, like I like I always say, why not? <laughs> oh man, that's corny, bro. That was nice, though. Stop. All right, man. Let, let's end this pod now, man. It's been fun. I mean, we're going to do this again probably before the playoffs start or in, during the playoffs. So uh, we'll catch you guys then, man. Peace out. Uh, thanks for popping on, Kyle. It was fun, man. Yeah, it's a, it a good time. Sorry, bro. All right. Peace out. We'll catch you guys.